begin after six taps. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, welcome to Mostly Musicals. <laughs> when we talk about musicals, mostly. mostly. That's what Anthony on Queer Eye called someone's omelet that looked like a just a hot trash <laughs> this fire. Rustic. This is rustic. <laughs> yeah, our timing is rustic. Don't worry I about like it. it. I like uh, it. Just so you know who's speaking, this is Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Welcome. Hopefully we sound different. Yeah. If not, <laughs> oh well. Yep. We'll just be a grab bag. Who? Who's so- the one that hates rent? Surprise, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> uh, maybe we should cut that out. <laughs> I think it's going to come out. I don't think that yeah. there's any way we I can just, I hide your hatred for Red. I know, but I feel like I need to contextualize it so it doesn't seem like I'm just shitting on, like, well, we'll what is a groundbreaking <laughs> musical. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I have... Oh, this is... I should have picked better. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real long title. <laughs> yeah, it's a Lagunitas Citrus Sinus. Pale ale. Citrus and sinus? Citrus sinus. It's so long. Oh, citrus sinensis? Citrus sinensis? Citrus. It's a real long word. Citrus sinensis. That's a lot of (laughs) letters. (laughs) Uh, Something that starts with citrus from Lagunitas. It's delicious. I like Lagunitas. I'm a fan of a hoppy IPA, so I enjoy most of the things that they make. Yeah, me too. I am drinking something from the Kona Brewing Company, my actual all-time favorite summertime beer. Really? The Island IPA. And it says Hanalei. Hanalei. I apologize Hanalei Bay. everyone, if that's how you say it, because I definitely am butchering this. We picked really hard <laughs> we really things did. to say. We really did. We'll have to... I'm just going to go, because it, it says, like, Kona Brewing Company, Hanalei... Island IPA. So I'm just going to go with Island IPA because I can say sure. those words. Well, and Hanalei sounds like it okay. could be. Like it might be right. Yeah. I, I apologize to everyone in Hawaii. When when uh, Mateo and I went to Hawaii, I definitely called the Leaky Leaky Highway like like the entire time we were there. The like like spelled like like. That's yeah. like like highway. Leaky Leaky. I mean, that's how people know you're a tourist. Uh-huh. It's like people go to San Diego and they say La Jolla. Mm. And it's like, that's not right. I know up in Northern California, y'all don't, you know, you say all your L's, but... I mean, we don't say, like, Cabrillo. We don't say Cabrillo. But you say Vallejo. Yeah, I don't know why some of them get it and some of them don't. Because we also do Vacaville instead of Vacaville. I mean, so, but anyway, that's how that's how you know when someone asks, where is, where is La Jolla? It's oh, pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's like, no, stop. La Jolla, that's how you say it. Please and thank you. Yeah. Anyway, so this musical, I believe, holds a special place in your heart. It does. Is that correct? I, man, I cannot think about, I have no concept of how many times I've seen this or how many times I listened to that soundtrack because it was on repeat at my home from, and my whole class was upset, like, my whole drama, because it was when I was a freshman in high school that I really got into it, and my whole drama department was obsessed. We would listen to it at practice. It was amazing. And for anyone wondering what musical we're talking about, (laughs) 
It's Moulin Rouge. Hooray! Yes! Some young Ewan McGregor. Uh-huh. Right. With that big old mole right in the center <laughs> of his forehead. You know, I don't mind that. I don't though. mind like, it either. He can pull that off. I, oh my God. Seeing him in this movie, I was like, this is why I love you, Ewan. <laughs> this is why. Even though like oh halfway through, he switched to a Scottish accent. I'm mean, supposed to be from London. I mean, he just, it's forgivable. It, the emotion was too raw. He does True. so much crying in this movie. <laughs> I did not remember. It I was did a not lot. Remember that. Okay, let's let's do the recap really quick. Sure, sure. Um, I'm gonna. I can't. I'm gonna have to leave out the parts that he cries because we'd be here all night. So just know that he cries a lot. <laughs> but it's like mostly beautiful crying. Some of it's sad, sure. ugly crying. Oh, he definitely has some ugly cries. But yeah. okay, so soup. Let me see if I can do this quickish. Ewan McGregor comes to Paris from London, wants to be a writer. Poor starving artist that kind of deal, meets a band of merry bohemians. Uh, you get some John Leguizamo in there. You get Audrey, the playwright, who, like, we have to talk about this later, but that's Faramir. That's fucking Faramir. What? Yes! I, I, I had never realized it. I, I had never it, realized but... it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, so, anyway, so he meets his band of bohemians, and they're trying to write this play for the Moulin Rouge, and they're, they're kind of writing The Sound of Music, and I really we have to talk about the licensing and how that would work. They definitely sing part of that song. Anyway, uh, he become Ewan becomes their playwright. Oh, I guess his character's name is Christian, so I should refer to him as that. Oh, and they're like, "Hey, we need to get some funding. We know this chick over at the Moulin Rouge who's going to help us. You know, we're going to introduce you to her. She's going to help us get our play put on at the Moulin Rouge. It's going to be great." And so before they go to the Moulin Rouge to enact this plan, they decide to do or drink. I don't know how the proper verbiage a whole bunch of absinthe which we also <laughs> talk, do. we also have to talk about that because that doesn't seem like a great idea. no before you're about to go to a very important business, business meeting yeah let's take a bunch of hallucinogenic well, beverage and to be fair they're basically gonna try and ambush satine but whatever right so they go there satine comes out she's like singing dancing whatever satine and her boss uh zidler need more money because they want to turn the moulin rouge into a theater and this like fancy pants duke is supposed to be there. And so Zidler was like, yo, hang out with this Duke for one night, maybe have sex with him, probably definitely have sex with him, then he'll oh, give yeah. us money. She's definitely supposed to have sex right. with him. And in a comedy of errors, Satine thinks that Christian is the Duke, and you get some nice physical comedy in there. And so they kind of, you know, they eventually figure it out, and Satine and Christian start down this like epic love story path but the duke is still there and he wants satine all to himself so he's funding this musical that they're going to put on spectacular spectacular and he's going to change the moulin rouge into a theater she convinces him to put on christian's play yeah basically and uh but the requirement or his strings are that satine belongs exclusively to him which is like super gross yeah and, and basically, none of that goes well. <laughs> like, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. But basically, all plans go awry. Fail. And in a twist, Satine dies at the end. In a twist! Yeah. Except it's a twist that they mentioned right at the top. Yes. Right at the top. Yes. Which I forget every time that he's like, and she dies. Yeah. BT dubs. Right. I miss that every time yeah he's because he's crying obviously yes. and typing yes. and then this is a story about love this is a story yeah. about da 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 the and woman then, i loved and is they, dead and they keep saying the greatest thing you'll ever learn is to love and be loved in return which is actually i think a really sweet sentiment there's a lot of good like yeah. love 
quotes yes. in this. And then this is kind of a bare, that was kind of like a bare bone synopsis, but just like that's kind of the groundwork for this. And if you haven't seen this movie yet, you totally should go see it because it's Baz Luhrmann at his baziest. It's really, he was like fresh off Romeo and Juliet and just be going yeah. like, let's go balls to the wall this, with this. This was 2001. Right. And a lot of, so in the beginning you get this like crazy dance scene in the Moulin Rouge when we're first being introduced to Satine and you have all like the can-can dancers and stuff and you know, a lot of times, if this was historically accurate, they'd all be naked under those skirts. Well, but... they'd have, they would be crotchless yeah. bloomers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh. Uh, but They needed that PG-13 rating yeah. so but people those... like us could go see it. But that scene, there are a couple of other scenes as well, really, really reminded me of Strictly Ballroom. Oh, yeah. Which if you haven't seen Strictly Ballroom, stop right now and go watch well, it. Well, and that's so now that you have shown me strictly ballroom you're welcome uh, i the roxanne scene i was like oh he was just yes. getting his freaking yes. ballroom fix yes. baz loves some ballroom dancing and that i know we'll talk about this later too but that was my favorite song mm. because i am told you i love a large dance ensemble and they're all and it's, dancing and it's like super dramatic it's very, it's very dramatic yeah so but that was i was watching this and i was like oh my god like this I don't know how, like, why. Maybe because I never watched it with a critical eye, but I'm like, there are so many things that reminded me of Strictly Ballroom. And, like, yeah. especially when he does the kind of, um, this isn't really Strictly Ballroom, but it's so bazzy, like, when he does, like, the kind of surrealist stuff where he slows yeah. time down and then speeds it up and then... Which there is so much of. And I had kind of forgotten how almost, like, schizophrenic the beginning is. Yes. There are so many... You are not on a single scene for more than no. a second before it is cut to somebody else. Like, it is cut, cut, cut. And the camera angles Special are insane. effects. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> right up in these, like, completely makeuped girls' faces. Yeah, like a 45 degree angle. Yeah. It is just like, let's get in there. Let's, like, get up your skirt. Let's... Yeah. We are really immersing you in this experience. And then, then you just get like a full face full of Henry Zidler and you're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh my god, it took me until this viewing today to realize that that is Professor Slughorn. Right! But... <laughs> yeah. burr, 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 mind blown. Uh -huh. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his... It's, uh... What's his James Broadbent, name? I think. Broadbent, John yeah. Broadbent. Yeah. James uh, John. Uh, I think it's... Yeah, it's a J. It begins with a J. I'm like a. We'll just call him J. Broadbent. Yeah. J, uh, <laughs> I think you're Sir, right on the last name. Sir J. Broadbent. Mr. Broadbent. Uh, yeah. Who I think he does. I think he's perfect for this he role. Is I think because, he does a great job. Well, I think this is his role here is actually really similar to his Slughorn role. Yeah. Where he's not. You can't say that he's categorically evil or good. Right. Because yeah, he's basically a pimp. He's just in it for number one. Right. But he cares about Satine yes. to a certain extent. I mean, when the Duke at the very end, the Duke kind of goes crazy and has a gun and during this big finale of Spectacular Spectacular, he is going to try and shoot Christian because right. he's figured out that he and Satine have had this love affair. And Henry punches him right in the face and knocks him out. Right. I think he does <clears throat> have uh, a moral compass. He just chooses to overlook it if yeah. it's not going to make him money. Sometimes, right? Because because uh, a lot of the times you you kind of wonder throughout the movie, okay, does he care about Satine's health because he cares about her, or because he cares about the money right. she can make him? Exactly. And I think it's a combination of both. I think it's most of the money, but at the end when he yeah. punches the Duke, it's kind yes. of like okay, maybe because yeah. at that point he knows 
she's going, she's dying. Right. So he doesn't have, well, yeah. It, he's still a little morally. I mean, he's more, to me, he was more bad than good. But Yes. But, you know, it's kind of like Slughorn where you can't say for sure that he's one or the other. Right. And I, case so with this viewing, like you said, I think that I have, I, on this rewatching, I looked at it much more critically than I ever have. Yeah. And there, Sistine and Ziggler, Ziddler's, Ziggler's? Ziddler. Ziddler's. Yeah. Relationship, I, their relationship intrigued me more on this viewing. Yes, because it was like, are they partners of a sort? Right. I mean, he's her pimp, essentially. Um, But they seem to be in it like he's... They have a common goal. Yeah. And he knows that he needs her. Yeah. But it was... It it was... It's an interesting... And it it makes it seem like she has been with him a long time. Yeah. Which is kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, Like... She's pretty young. She's pretty young. And I think they're supposed to be playing even younger than they actually are. I mean... They've got to be close to 34? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that very specific. Like, 34, give or take a month. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think... I think they're supposed to be playing, like, early 20s. 20s yeah. And I think that they are probably both closer yeah. to mid-30s yeah. at the time of this movie. But, I, th- I think that's that's accurate. So she's supposed to have been with him since she was a teenager, yeah. most likely. And so that makes their relationship more complicated and makes her kind of dependence on him grosser. For sure. Uh, but it does seem like they have worked out some sort of partnership in some kind of way and, and, and as much as you can be a partner when the power one of you is exploiting the other right, right. yeah it's <laughs> kind of like well um but so when they're when the bohemian troop is writing and that's how they self-identify as they're like bohemian revolutionaries right when they're writing their spectacular spectacular um, how the hell can they sing The Hills Are Live with the Sound of Music? So they... How? They spent two years getting all the rights to the music. That makes so much sense. Uh, because all the music is, like, pop It's all culture. contemporary, except yeah. for Come What May is the yeah. only original song. And that song was actually... I you can tell I song. spent some time on Wikipedia, or mm-hmm. IMDb, I guess. Uh, no, that song was written for Romeo and Juliet. Oh. Which is not a musical, so I don't it's know not. when they were going to shoehorn that in. But holy yeah. shit, would I love to see a musical of Romeo right? plus Juliet. And not a Broadway musical. I want to see a movie. I want to see Baz Luhrmann's Romeo musical plus version. Juliet. But maybe yeah. not after seeing The Great Gatsby. Oh, that's true. Although that wasn't a musical, so maybe he should just stick to the musicals. Oh, yeah. But I, I always think of it as a musical because I've only seen it once because I... I just wasn't, I didn't love a lot of the casting, and anyway, that's a separate yeah. thing, for, but but I would love to see Romeo plus Juliet the musical. Well, and so, uh, yeah, and so all the other songs, it took two years for them to get the rights that to all this different, because other than that, it's all contemporary yeah. music. Um, uh, what else? Oh, and it was a big deal that Courtney Love gave them the rights to Teen Spirit. Oh, I'm Because sure. she does not give those out. Yeah. And she asked for, like... $200,000 or something for it. Wow. So, yeah. Because uh, there are, I mean, those medallies are amazing. They're great. They're really great. Um, and 
that was the other thing that Kylie Minogue is the Green yes, Fairy. She's yes. so great as the Green Fairy. I love her as the Green Fairy. Uh, yeah. So the other thing I didn't really think about and didn't notice until this time, although Faramir is still blowing my mind. Yes, that he's Audrey. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That uh, Toulouse Lautrec is the Toulouse Lautrec, oh, yeah. the painter. Yes. I like. That never clicked for me at all in all my viewings of this movie. Oh, that's so funny. And I have always known who Toulouse Trek was because sure. we did, when I was like a little kid, we had a whole, one of my art classes in like the fifth grade, we had a Toulouse Trek segment where we all yeah. had to paint like the silhouette in the front and like dancing girls in the yeah. background. We had those, to make those, those paintings. Yeah. Yeah, my mom, uh, growing up in our dining room, my mom had like... Uh, and I forget the technical term for them. I don't. I can't remember if they were like lithographs or sure. whatever. Some kind of print. Yeah, but those posters. She had like six of them, like like big ones uh-huh. in our dining room. It's like one wall was just all Toulouse Lautrec. Yeah, like artwork. I never put it together though. That, that was yeah. supposed to be him, and I had no idea he was a little person. And this is really the first time that I even noticed that John Leguizamo's character was a little person. Was a little person. Yeah. It never really well, clicked. Because I, and I think it's because the way the movie is shot, it's also hectic. Yeah, that you, you never can't get like a a good perspective on right. where anyone is standing. And, and when they're even when they're doing the practicing of yes. the sound of music, like they're all at different levels. Like Ewan McGregor's up on that ladder. Yeah, the bald guys are doing something over here. And, and even when they do the impromptu rehearsal, when the Duke walks in on right. um, Christian and Satine because he's, like, in her dressing room and she's right. fainted from having consumption. And he's like, what the hell okay. is this shit? And she's like, oh, surprise rehearsal because we've been inspired by you. Right. Even then, because it's, everyone is, like... They're, like, crawling on the ground. Yeah, they're running around. all over the place. You're, they're doing crazy, like, crazy dances. And one of the funniest scenes is when they're in... They're in Satine's, like, room, and it's in this giant elephant. Of, of course. Right, as one as one does. Uh, and she still, at this point, thinks that Christian is the Duke. And she's, like, trying to seduce him, and he thinks that he's there to, like, pitch her his poetry to, like, to and kind of to pitch spectacular to spectacular. And Nicole Kidman is doing, Academy Award winner Nicole Kidman <laughs> is doing this, all this crazy, like, She's like running oh, and like dancing yeah. and going, wow. <laughs> she's like rolling in yes. the furs. Oh yeah. my God. And he's like trying to recite his poetry. And she's like, yeah, like naughty words, naughty words. And <laughs> That's all I want to hear naughty words. And first of all, I fucking love Nicole Kidman. And in this she's movie, she's so great in this. She's spectacular. She's truly, I mean, there is some. Actually, from most of the actors, I would say there is some really quality acting there happening. Is. Like, and there is. They like a- are going. For it. And there's a surprising amount of like slapstick. Oh yeah, you're like, oh, there's a lot of physical comedy in this. Yes, there is. <laughs> it's like, okay, that whole elephant medley scene is basically yeah. a slapstick medley. In and that song together. will get stuck in your head. The it's show been like, stuck yes. in my head all like, it'll night, run, and it'll run for fifty years. Oh my god, get out! Yeah, that whole scene is great, and I like that they kind of like the whole movie is surreal and i like that they keep it surreal with like yeah him hiding behind her skinny ass twig legs like right. there's no way like, you're mcgregor a relatively short but yeah. still a goddamn man 
could fit behind Nicole her, her Kidman's. Lids and her, like, see-through lace, right. like, robe. Her sheer yeah. negligee robe. Uh, yeah, there's no goddamn but my, way. But my favorite surreal, like, surreal moment is that fucking moon. That oh, Italian yeah. moon. Uh-huh. That is John Broadbent. <laughs> it's not. No, it's someone else. But it looks it's like It's not him. supposed it's, to be him? I don't think so. I always just assumed it was supposed to oh, be him. Oh, I don't think so. It's accredited as someone else. But he's just well, like. because his singing is done by an actual No, no, but no, but the, there's a moon. Yeah, there's oh, really? a singer. And then, like, someone who's like, moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I always and just I assumed fucking, it was supposed to be him. I fucking love it. Just it's this great. Moon it's singing great. Opera. Well, and then they're like dancing in the stars. That whole mm-hmm. the they spent a lot of time in special effects in this movie. Yeah, which I was surprised also on rewatching. Like that whole beginning thing where they're like zooming through Paris, yeah. and then he's dancing on the Eiffel Tower, and all of that is well, and like and special the, effects. There's the, a lot. In the first song in the Moulin Rouge, at the end when everyone throws their hats in the mm-hmm. air, you like zoom out to the so you see the Moulin Rouge from super far away. Oh yeah, and all hats that coming. little hats. Yeah, yeah. I really that whole scene. I really like. I really like her costume in that scene. Um, that is my favorite costume. I have three. I was I was trying to debate which costumes yeah. were my favorite because also the one right after that. The feather one. That's also my favorite. I really like the feather one. She is so... My only problem with that one is she is so pink herself. Like, she is the same color as that costume. And then with that red hair, there's just a lot of pink happening. But it's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I think my first favorite, though, is when she's... It's when you first see her, and she's coming down. She's, like, sitting on the swing, being lowered down from the ceiling. That silver... Yeah, it's like, it's like silver thing. and black, and yeah. it's all bejeweled, and she has With a her, fancy top yeah, hat. Her top hat. And I'm like, I love, I love it. It's, it's one of my favorites. I think my actual favorite is the red dress from the medley song, yeah. just because it fits her so beautifully. It's so, but I really love a lot of the costumes. See, I like the dress she goes to meet the Duke in when she finally oh, has a the dinner black with him. one. Yeah, it's like yeah. a one-shouldered black. That, I mean, she just looks good in it. That was yeah. another takeaway for me on this revisiting is Nicole Kidman is so goddamn tall and she so is. goddamn thin. Mm-hmm. She looks amazing in this movie. Yeah. She really and their, looks amazing. And their makeup artist, whoever it was or whatever team it was, did such a good job because her makeup was beautiful and perfect when it needed to be. But when she was in really emotional scenes where she yeah. was, like, dying or, like, upset, the makeup it matched it yes. so it was like you know really it was fucked up but somehow she's still gorgeous right of course but it did what makeup should do when you've been crying for an hour and one of i think i even wrote it down yeah when they do the show must go on and she is in that like suit dress thing that's beautiful yeah and she looks up and her eyes are super bloodshot mm-hmm. i love that scene just because you like you're seeing her emotion and it doesn't seem fake just because her eyes are so yeah. goddamn red. It's like she's so perfect and put together like in every mm-hmm. other way. And I think that's why she wears the veil. Right. She, she wears like a little fascinator like lace veil to go right. talk to Christian. This is when she's like breaking up with him for good. Right. Because, she's trying to convince him yeah, to leave to leave because the duke is going to kill him if he doesn't. So yes. she's going to lie to him and tell him that she doesn't love him. Yes. And again, my one of my questions that I wrote down was, is it a good idea to do absinthe before a business proposal? It's not. I would never recommend it to anyone. Uh, <laughs> w- <laughs> a 
I was just like, I was like, dudes, this yeah. was back in the day when absinthe would do some shit to you. Oh yeah, it's a straight on hallucinogenic. It seems like they're drinking it by like the goblet, right? Which I don't think you're supposed to. I think do. you're supposed to have just a little bit, like a teaspoon, a maybe a tablespoon. I'm not, I'm not sure on the specifics, but it seems ill-advised. Oh, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, um, maybe the best music video of all time. Lady Marmalade. Lady Marmalade. It's great. It is fucking amazing. No barking. That was the dulcet tones of (laughs) Pudlet. Who knows what he heard. Um, Yeah, I fucking love that music video. I mean, It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it was a great combination of people. They were all, like, super game for the, like craziness craziness of that mm. video christina Aguilar looks amazing sounds amazing pink looks amazing pink sounds, looks amazing. amazing. sounds amazing missy elliott eve isn't oh or is it little kim no it's oh it's little kim it's little kim eve was in that too eve is who's who oh no it's this? maya yeah she's like man whatever yeah that song was everywhere in 2001 it, it was and i fucking loved it yeah it's great i mean it's still great i haven't listened to it in a long time apart from watching this movie but uh maybe i should well and okay yeah christina aguilera pink will kim maya and missy elliott i feel like we're oh missy elliott is in it yeah oh yeah missy elliott's in it she, she has like a i didn't realize there were five of them because i just freaking loved that and i didn't realize until way later that it was um a patty labelle song first. right oh yeah i'm an idiot it's not it's not eve it's christina aguilera maya pink little Look kim him. and then i could have sworn it doesn't say missy elliott i could have sworn missy elliott was i had a verse little kim's there. rap in it may be very missy elliott no uh, ish i could have sworn ah aha, vindication What's happening? Oh, no. It just says produced by Missy Elliott. Oh. I will circle back with you. But produced by, she may still be featured on it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. In the the video, rapper Missy Elliott made a cameo appearance. I feel like she raps a little bit. She might. But I just, yeah, it was was everywhere. It was everywhere. How do you feel about the uh, can-can dancers being called the Diamond Dogs? Were they the Diamond Dogs or the Diamond Dolls? Dogs. How sure are you about that? I, I'm pretty sure. I'm I pretty thought, sure I it's dogs. I thought it was the Diamond Dolls because I was like, okay, that makes sense. There. I might be totally wrong. Well, in like one of them is like a baby doll. So. Yeah, because I thought it was like well either either way the Diamond Dolls or the Diamond Dogs. It's not super flattering. No, it's not super. You know, because dolls kind of insinuates that they're property, they're things to be purchased, and yeah, I know. They're supposed to be hookers and whatnot, but it still is, uh, I just feel like it's, it connotes, like, just commodities, and I feel like it takes away from their humanity, because they're being referred to as objects and not people. Diamond dolls, I, uh, I feel, it's diamond dogs. It's diamond dogs? It's diamond dogs. I don't know what to think about that. It makes why? me a little uncomfortable. It does, because why the dog... Diamond dogs were the dancers of the Moulin Rouge. Does it say why they were called that? Uh... I think everyone should also know we are not committed to doing any research, really, before podcasts. Just minimal. I mean, Bare I didn't bones. come up with that two years of 
getting film rights from nowhere, but if if Wikipedia doesn't tell me, right. uh, it doesn't have. That is super interesting. There must be, uh, you know, obviously some reason behind why they're called that, but that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little gross, or a lot gross, because I don't. It's it's one of those things where it's like I don't know why this seems wrong, but it just seems wrong. Well, and like just that they're begging for diamond like they'll Ew. do anything for diamonds again and again it's like taking away from their humanity yeah. by comparing them to gross. animals that was even though dogs I... are awesome like normal dogs are awesome sure uh yeah that was definitely something i noticed on this latest watching where i was like oh that oh. makes me a little we we have to talk brawling. about we have to talk about how thin mustaches are a, like a indicator of pure of evil. evilness <laughs> yeah. now i know if for all our listeners out there all 10 of you who don't know cassie likes mustaches which is fine I too which is fine but like a thick luscious mustache like a magnum pi mustache. exactly but a thin mustache a la the duke oh it's real or ziddlers it's nasty well and they're both like curls Ugh. yeah and it just connotes evil the duke is one of the like nastiest. He's so slimy. Oh, he's so slimy, and that voice and like his little like snickering laugh. Oh. He's just like, oh. oh, he's so, oh, he's terrible. I mean, he was cast perfectly. Sure, he really gives sure. me the willies. But when there, he has a song that he sings with Zidler, where Zidler is basically making excuses for Satine for why she's not there to have dinner with him because she's very sick from dying of tuberculosis, and. The Duke is wearing this, like, housecoat robe thing that just made me think of Voldemort. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Voldemort. But that song. Oh, like I didn't virgin, like it. You don't like it. I didn't. That I was mean, my least favorite it's song. Creepy. It's that was my, super no. creepy. But the you, two of them together, Do you know what I, I wrote down? Do you know what me. I wrote down next to my, I said, least favorite song, Like a Virgin. Um... Jello boobs, sad face. No, I love the jello boobs. <laughs> it's weird. It's too weird. I have no problem with boobs, but like because they're both so gross, I'm like, oh, you don't even deserve something, to touch jello boobs. Something about, I mean, and then when he's doing the cape and they're just like, yeah. Ah, 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 it's so, something about how disgusting it all is tickles me. <laughs> it made me so uncomfortable. I was like, this is awful. As it should. I mean, it's terrible. The whole thing is so gross. But when he's like, like fanning out his house coat, yeah! I was like, Voldemort, you look like I mean, Voldemort with a nose and a nasty well, mustache. That somehow, like, that Ziddler gets so into his character that he's like, truly afraid of the yeah. duke and so i mean it's all but i love that like the waiters are all just like dancing around something about it i really love but, but i thought they did a great job what's also it. so gross is i can't forget that they're talking about satine and they're talking right. basically yes. they're doing this duet to like a virgin and henry siddler is talking about he made up this lie that satine had to go to confession so she could like purify herself to be virginal for, for him right and it's like she's not there. They're like talking about her in a super gross way. And then those god awful jello boobs show up. And I'm yeah. like, enough. <laughs> Something <laughs> since the very first time I've seen it, I love those jello boobs. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't mind them. Like, in theory, it's just no. Just, no, you rat mustachioed so men. Jiggly. <laughs> no, you. 
you disgusting mustachioed men, you don't deserve to have jello boobs. You're 100% (laughs) right, but something about them I love. Uh, Oh, something before that. So when they're doing the elephant, all the shenanigans in the elephant, uh, I had never really noticed before that they take time to mention how big Ewan McGregor's dick is. Yes, I noticed (laughs) that this time too. And she, like, definitely grabs it, like, yeah. barehanded. Oh, yeah. If his face she... has, if it's anything to go by. He's such a prude through this whole movie. He's just, like, he's shocked just by her being lifted in the air during the first scene. He's like, oh, goodness. No, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite Ewan McGregor being a prude scene is when <laughs> she, like, changes it. It's during the first, like, Moulin Rouge dance, and he sees her, and they have locked eyes or whatever. Yeah. And she comes over in her, like, pink sparkle thing, and she's just basically shaking a sparkly boob in his face and he's just like oh i thought it was her vagina i thought it was her boob. i thought the heart was right over her vagina she had hearts over her boobs maybe it was i'm not sure either way she shakes something in his face and he reacts like he's been slapped yeah he's (laughs) so shocked through this whole movie about well i guess up until the elephant and then after that he's fine but that those first like getting to know her he's so shocked do do you think that maybe he was a virgin I and think so he's he... maybe supposed to be, yeah, because he's like new to this bohemian world. This is his first time where he's on his own. He's been living with his weird dad before now. <laughs> <laughs> his dad seems like a dick. Yeah, he did. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know how I would react to getting either a bespangled boob or a vagina shook in my face, but I don't think I would be as surprised. I mean, as you and McGregor, but also he's high off his That's rocker on guy. <laughs> That's true. He may have been like, what Just the fuck overwhelmed. <laughs> so many sparkles. And like, and like, overall, I was surprised at how, because rewatching it, I wasn't sure what I was going to think about his character, and I was surprised at how much he didn't irritate me. Yeah. But there's one thing when that he says, like, when Satine and him are arguing about, um, right when they, like, it's like right when they first start to realize they have feelings for each other. Yeah. And he's like, we should, you know, we should basically bone. We should be lovers. And she's like, yeah, I, you know, I can't do that. I could end up out on the street. And right. he's like, well, what's a life without love? And it's like, well, okay, you both have a point. But Hugh McGregor has a middle class family in London right. that he can fall back right. on. Like Satine has nobody. I right. get what she's saying where she like can't. It's she dangerous can't, for her. She has more to lose. Right. Because what's to say that, you know, maybe she falls in love with Ian McGregor and he just fucking takes off. Right. Like, she's not... He has recourses because he's white and has a penis. Right. And comes from a family that is well-to-do enough that they're telling him he can't go to Paris and be a writer. Right. So, that was the only thing... That was the only time where I was like, you win... He's definitely coming from a place of grand naivete. Yeah. Uh... And idealism. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word for it, I think. And it's kind of like, I feel like he, in that moment, has not had that stripped from him. Right. And Satine absolutely has. Oh, for sure. Hers probably stripped from her at a very young age. Right. Whenever she ended up at this... The Moulin Rouge. Yeah. It's at, like, innocence is gone. Right. And so it's not... And so together, I feel like it's kind of a nice counterbalance. Um, but, at the, I mean, at the end of the movie, yeah. Christian's not naive anymore. No. <laughs> no. Wah, wah. He's gotten a lot of ugly crying in. 
He has. Uh, what accent do you think John Leguizamo is doing? <laughs> well, so Toulouse Lautrec is supposed to be French. Is that the accent John Leguizamo uh, did, 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 did Toulouse Lautrec have a speech impediment? Because I think I he had a club foot. No. I he, mean, had a he may have had like a list. He could have. I don't know if that's what but John it, Lucas was going But it for. also could just be like I mean, John yeah. doing what he, he does wants. Get into characters. It's, it's in very, very Melwage. Yeah, from Princess exactly, Bride. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of like weird W's in places that there shouldn't right, be. Right, and it's so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But I noticed that, like, his was kind of like, okay, whatever. At least he was consistent. Uh, Christian being Scottish halfway through the movie, I was like, you win. I think just, you're was, better at than that. He was overcome. He was overcome with feelings, emotions. Mm-hmm. Oh, something else in the elephant. Zidler just has a telescope to spy on her yeah. while she bones people? That's Come very, on. That's very gross. Come on. That was super, that was what I was like, I don't know about you, Zidler. I, I don't know about you. I forgot about that. That might make our earlier conversation null and void. He definitely just has a telescope oh, pointing at I mean, her love shack. Is that, I mean, and is that like to make sure, is that like to make sure she's doing her job and then also to protect her in case something goes wrong i mean I guess he's across the street to like her. it's right. gonna be what too late gonna do? right so he's, just, he being, gonna so he's do? just being a creeper yeah um question about consumption it's basically tuberculosis isn't that contagious it is highly contagious so wouldn't you so, why... so basically you and McGregor is going to die from consumption as well i mean uh, well it's it depends. I mean, lots of people have gotten it and survived, and then you build up an immunity. So, I mean, and a lot of people would have had tuberculosis, but... But they, they've boned several times, and her strain I mean, it's ca- seems it's, to be in the killing. I think it's yeah, but, all aerial. Aerial? But, okay, but if you make out with someone who has oh, tuberculosis... Oh, yeah, no, sure. Unless, I mean, so we could build a backstory in which... Christian has already had tuberculosis and survived. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. Or, or maybe he's a, a what do they call that's them? A, a carrier that doesn't express symptoms. I forget I what they call it. Because if that was the case, I feel like he would have figured out that she had tuberculosis way earlier. Well, that might be true. She doesn't do a great job of hiding it. I don't, I don't know how you can hide it. One, uh, well, I guess she doesn't know. It's also pretty fucked up that Siddler doesn't tell her that she's dying. Oh, I thought she knew. She doesn't know until she, until her and Zidler's confrontation where she's going to be, she's going to oh, actually gonna run away with Christian. Right. And Zidler is like, don't how, do it, you're dying. How did I miss that? That is really fucked up. So I think we needed to take back most of what we said about Zidler not being a... I mean, he has a small amount of redemption sure. for punching sure. what's-his-face at the end, but... That's... I must have been uh, getting my tortellini when, <laughs> when that happened. Because I remember her, like, leaving, and then she didn't, and I just, I guess, that's wasn't too why... concerned about why she was That is her motivation for no, not running enough. off with Christian, fair, is he tells enough. her that she's dying. So... Speaking of spectacular, spectacular. Please. At the very end, when they go to actually perform this show, uh, do you, th- I think that it might be problematic because they made the whole thing set in India. Sure. And the play, Spectacular, Spectacular, is about a penniless sitar player and a maharaja and a courtesan. Right. And it's just like, originally, when they're like lying to the Duke and they're talking about this play, they're like, oh, it's going to be set in Switzerland. 
And right. setting it in India just seems super uncool. I mean, it's uh, appropriate for the time, certainly. But not 2001. But not 2000. And well, uh, I don't even... Because appropriation, I feel like, was not even something that was talked about in 2001. Maybe not. It's just... Not watching this movie now... It doesn't it's, hold uh, up. It doesn't, because, I mean... I don't know about France, but, like, definitely England. Their relationship with India is fraught. Troubling. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's to put the most PC, yeah. like, sugar coating on it. Right. Uh, barbaric is, would be and appropriate. For a second there, I was like, oh, yeah, this takes place in England. Of course they're talking about India. But and then no, it's it definitely France. takes place in France. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, like, that's... Everyone's English. So. Yeah, right? It's like, oh, well, I guess it's England. I mean, that's still not okay. But then it's France. And I'm like, that makes even less sense. Yeah. And so the... The most French that is said is in Lady Marvel. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and like, the ending, like, the set is beautiful, and the costumes are beautiful, yes. but it is a little uncomfortable, because it's just, like, this looks like a white man trying to do Bollywood. Yeah. Because it's a white man, maybe not trying to do Bollywood, but, like, trying to... Just, uh... Use... Use the exoticism yeah. of India. And that's exactly what it is. They're not doing it because it's a story set in India. They're right. doing it to make it as exotic as possible, Maybe, and to them, yeah. it's like, okay, what's the most exotic thing we can think of? It's this. Right. Like, what will bring in money? What right. will... And so that part is icky. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't like how they... On on this reimagining, I don't like how they remix uh, the opening song. I did not like the that either. Diamonds. Yeah, like the broken English oh, version. Yeah. Of, yeah. It's, Girls. It, oh. No, it was bad. It was cold. it was really bad. Yeah, it just didn't... Um, and I get that the play, yeah. Spectacular Spectacular, is supposed to mimic the story of Moulin Rouge sure. itself. Right. But that was like, come on, you guys could have done something better. You could have done a different song. song. There are plenty of other songs. Yeah. Like, And the rest and of the songs get are it. so good. We get that it's... Yeah. mimicking the real life of yes. the movie like we're with you we don't need yeah. it that totally has not out. that has not been subtle yeah that is when until you mentioned it right now i never really thought about the original spectacular spectacular is totally gone the sound of music yeah. never comes back nope switzerland doesn't come back well, and, and they do that because you know uh, that was audrey's musical right. or right. or show and right. now they're doing christians right and so his i mean who knows if he would have if they hadn't had done that like emergency rehearsal to kind of throw the duke off sure. the scent or whatever who knows what it would have been but he, you know, it's kind of like, okay, he just basically wrote his story, which seems right. like... Well, you write okay. what you know. <laughs> I get fair, fair enough. It's hard to write a musical. It's not like I've written one, so maybe, you know, I, sure. I shouldn't say anything. Sure. <laughs> I was like, okay, Christian, okay, I see you. When they are doing the rehearsals for Spectacular Spectacular... Ewan McGregor's sweater over the shoulder makes me so angry. <laughs> is, is, really... that, is that when he's wearing the fedora? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really just like, oh, Ewan, why? Like, why? Enough. Enough <laughs> it's so is bad. enough. It's so bad. I mean, his eyes look gorgeous, but that sweater. Oh, and he's is awful. just like. He's just a good looking dude, and yeah. he is such a good singer. He really. It, 
I, I have always known that I liked his singing in this, but again, on this rewatching, I was like, he really, yeah. actually, and Nicole Kidman too, mm-hmm. they're both strong enough to make it really, it's I, convincing. I mean, I think everyone is. Yes. I don't think there was ever a time where I was like, nah, because even the Duke, when he sings his weird nasally, right. or, it's, it, it, all it, works. it works. It, it totally, all works. It totally works. And, um. And I love, well, obviously, I love the, your song. Yeah. Song. Yes. Um, and, and hearing him sing it, I like his version I of it. love his version. Yeah. I, I, oh man, I love his version. Is, is that um, your favorite song? The medley, the elephant medley, medley is my favorite, for sure. Uh, I mean, I definitely like, cause I also really like Come What May. Yeah, I like that okay. song. It's I okay. like the version that they do right before she dies, like sure. as they're coming back together. Yeah, Ewan McGregor hits a note that like set my <laughs> teenage soul on fire. <laughs> my soul? Do you mean vagina? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> I don't. There's just one part where oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. But your song. Uh, the Your Song, specifically within the larger medley, yeah. is my favorite. What was your least favorite song? When Nicole Kidman does that Someday I'll Fly Away song. I don't Isn't love that, that part one. of the... It's the beginning of it, but it's not actually... I don't okay. think it's actually part of the medley. She does that, and he's watching her do that. Gotcha. And then he sneaks over and, like... 30 seconds he's yeah time is is irrelevant over there yeah the your song medley introduced me to some songs that i had never heard of before in high school and i didn't like i mean there's so many people in there's so many songs in that medley there's you too there's dolly parton there's there i definitely uh, have missed like i have heard the music from this movie so many times but I've definitely missed songs like I've definitely yes. missed like oh shoot because every time I listen to it I feel like I hear a new one it's like oh shit I didn't realize that was yeah you know whatever artist I mean they must have spent so much money on the music they had to that's why I Madonna, mean Madonna like yeah there's so much in it. I, I don't know why I was fixated on the sound of music but I, <laughs> for whatever reason I thought <laughs> that like that would one be of the cheapest one. <laughs> really I mean because that's a musical I in my head you can get musical songs. I guess. I guess on I, on, on a bargain. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, but that for whatever reason, that's the one that I was like, "How could they do this? Right. How could they get away with it? This? Can't be done. Yeah, nobody could. Nobody <laughs> could. How much of a song are you allowed to have in your movie before you have to pay royalties? Uh, I think very little. <laughs> oh, one of the things that I loved uh, is towards the end when Zidler is freaking out because he. I think. He, this is when he thinks uh, Satina's going to leave or she's sick or something. And the Duke has the deed to the Moulin Rouge. So if they don't comply with his demands, he can basically do what he wants with the Moulin Rouge. Mm -hmm. And he's walking through the backstage area and you see all these different people. Like you see dancers warming up and dancing. You see people getting into costume. You see people getting their makeup done. You see set hands working in the back, and it reminded me so much of Phantom of the Opera. Uh-huh. The like the opening scenes of the movie yes. Phantom of the Opera, where you just see all the ballet girls right. and the sets and all this stuff. And the chaos of backstage. Yeah. 
and he's singing and he's just walking through mm-hmm. this backstage and I was like, oh my god. Oh, it's the the show must go on. Yes. It's during yes. a show must go on. Yes. And I'm just like, I, I don't know why that specifically, why I thought of Phantom or whatever. Because everything goes back to Phantom. It's because similar. everything goes back to Phantom. Well, and it's kind of, at least in the movie, they kind of do that single shot thing where they are just walking backstage and you're getting yeah. to see everything and they're just, it's a very similar well, and, kind and of And if shot. I am remembering it, Moulin Rouge correctly, and I just, maybe I'm not, which would be sad, I just watched it about an hour <laughs> and a half ago, I think you get to see him in multiple angles and that's what reminded me of Phantom where it's like you see, because the main, the main shots are of him walking towards the camera, Yeah, but I think... You get to see multiple angles mm-hmm. of him and like the backstage area. Uh, yeah, that sounds and right. It's just, it's so I really I really liked that and I don't know I was like this is like it's a visually fun to watch and it honestly seemed the least bazzy because even though it was there was like chaos of what's going on the it was a it was more focused yes set sequence yes, yes exactly which this movie is not focused for the most part it's, it's barely linear <laughs> it is a little bit crazy i think if i saw this as an adult i might be slightly turned off by just it like, initially just being like wow there's a lot happening yeah. I feel that i feel like you could almost be like that about strictly ballroom too maybe I grew up with that movie and had seen it a million times. And so I didn't think it was weird until I, and I still don't, until I show it to someone else who's like not into that really. And they're like, what the fuck are you making I mean, me if watch? you're not familiar with Baz's style, I think it can be aggressive because he loves a tight close up on yeah. a face. And that movie has a lot of great, you know, it's, I think it was made in the 80s or 90s. So there's a lot of like aggressive makeup. Oh, yeah. And Australia has, yeah. sometimes does. Well, and it's, it's also, it's baller, it's set full, in the world of ballroom dancing. Right, which is already kind of Exa- outrageous. Yes. Yes, exaggerated mm-hmm. is a better, a better word, so I don't, uh, yeah, communicate <laughs> the ballroom community. You're beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he's all about the exaggerated styles, mm-hmm. and I'm, strictly ballroom, you can see it, like, developing. Yes. And then you get into Romeo I feel plus like, Juliet. Well, and I and... feel like Moulin Rouge, even taking Romeo plus Juliet out of it, I feel like Moulin Rouge is, like, the older, like, sibling of Strictly Ballroom. And I know For that's sure. not the way it should work, but it feels like Strictly Ballroom grew up and right. went to college. And maybe. got a whole bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, got a whole bunch of, fixed their teeth. Uh-huh. <laughs> like... Got some new. It got spent a lot of money on their wardrobe. Right. And we've got a, maybe got a spray tan. Town. Yeah, yeah. We got a spray tan, manicure, pedicure, some new shoes. Ready to go. Uh, speaking of on with the show, I really that's a close second for my favorite song. Like the emotion of that really? song, I really like that song, and I love they on the original soundtrack. The show must go on. At least the version of it that is in the movie is not on the original soundtrack. Really? And I remember being so pissed that I downloaded mm. a stupid, like, YouTube, like, <laughs> copy of a copy version so I could just listen to this show must go on. And it was, be- like, it's so, like, I could just, like, picture the person, like, holding a mic up to yeah. their TV because it's, like, <laughs> scratchy and awful. Like, the... Did you get it, it off of LimeWire? I, uh, I think it was, uh... 
Winamix or whatever it was. Never heard of it. Yeah, I I don't know how I got the information about how to illegally download stuff as like a well, 12-year-old. And I listened to the soundtrack because one of my babysitters it, when I was in high school, like middle school or high school, maybe probably middle school, had it in her car. Yeah. And so we would like always listen to it because I saw Moulin Rouge, like I had heard the soundtrack years before I saw it. I saw oh, Moulin. Really? Oh yeah, I saw Moulin Rouge for the first time. I think in like my late teens, early twenties. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It just had never, like I'd seen pieces of it, but I had never been like super interested, which is funny because I love Strictly Ballroom and have been watching that since I was like six. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, I just never got super into Moulin Rouge. And then I finally watched it and I was like, oh. That's very surprising. Oh, this is great. Well, and so I saw it, I remember... It's one of those, like, it's one of my, like, image memories where I can actually picture myself in the time and place. I remember leaving the movie theater with my mom. Oh, you saw it in theaters? I saw it in theaters. My mom and I went, and I hated it. What? And I remember getting in the car, like, I can picture myself opening the car door and being like, oh, that was a terrible movie, mom. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then I saw it again, and I don't even remember why I saw it again. Yeah. But I saw it again, and I was like, what a fool I've been! This is the best thing I've ever seen! And then I tortured my parents with that soundtrack for the next year and a half. I love you, McGregor and his mole. <laughs> yes, yes, I do! Does he still have that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Good for him! Like, that's a unique defining characteristic. Oh, yeah. Like, roll with it. I'm real sad him and his wife got divorced, though. But now he's single! Yeah. I mean, no, it is sad. Anytime, like, a well, I don't actually. Is there. I was gonna say, anytime a couple that's been together for a long well, time breaks up is sad. That's not true though. There are so many situations sure. where it wouldn't be sad. Maybe this is sad. Maybe it's not. They just I don't seem know him so personally. Cute together. I didn't know. I don't know. I don't think I know anything about him other than like I, I've seen a fair amount of his movies. Like I've seen Moulin Rouge. I at some point I think I saw the Star Wars ones that he's in. Mm-hmm. My absolute favorite thing in the world. I don't even care if this isn't true. Is when people are like, my parents think that Ewan McGregor from Star Wars is Jesus, and I like, have a picture of him as Jesus. Have you seen those memes? <laughs> no. I don't care if it's true or not. It cracks me up. I mean, he does kind of look like. But he has a buzz cut. No. When oh, he's... in the later one. Yeah. Not in the first one. Okay. Oh, I don't when know. When he's bearded. When he looks like a white Jesus. Sure, sure. I guess he does grow his hair out pretty long. I would think Qui-Gon would be Jesus, but. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> I know not of which you speak. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, no, but and like I said, I don't care if it's true or if it's just made up for the internet, but it cracks me up because I'm looking at him and it's only a picture from like maybe his chest up. Sure. Well, and he's got like the robes and stuff. Right. Yeah. And like the, if you believe Jesus to be a white man, I don't sure. know what to tell you about sure. that. You're going to get a real big surprise. I guess maybe for many reasons. Back. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, in which, in which moment will be surprised? I, I don't know. I went down a path and couldn't turn around. That's all right. We're here with you. To, to quote, to quote Michael Michael Scott, sometimes when I start talking or saying a sentence, I just don't know where to end up. I can't even do the quote right. But everyone knows what. Well, if you watch The Office, you know what quote I'm talking about. Where he's like, sometimes I start talking and I don't know where I'm gonna end up. And that's exactly I how I felt about talking about Jesus. I was like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. I mean, if you and McGregor comes back as Jesus, I am uh, I'll be down 100% down. But, I mean. Ewan is my Jesus. <laughs> uh, and Keanu Reeves is mine. We should 
definitely go back to the 90s, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Actually, called... they both aged well. They did. Keanu Reeves, is he in a musical? I want, whatever musical he's in, I want to watch it. He uh, must be. I have a feeling he I should cannot know sing, but... Well, he... That would not stop him. What? Oh, man. Is he in a musical? I feel like I should know this being a, a, a hardcore Keanu fan. He's an amazing person, and... He really is. I cannot wait for John Wick 3. It's going to be awesome. He also seems like he's truly just a great, a great human being as yes. well. Yes, like every story you hear about him, it's if I found out just that he, like, yeah, if I found out that he reviews. did, if I found out that he did something bad, I or like something super shitty, I would just be so bummed. Well, didn't I tell you that story about he was doing like a a hotel interview or something? He and yes, I think that was you that told yeah, me that. Yeah, and he it was a woman who was doing an interview with him, and he the hotel lobby was super full so he was like we can do this in my room if that would be better for you but if you are uncomfortable we can bring someone in like if you want to have someone come up to the room like let me know i don't want this to be weird i'm keanu reeves a great man (laughs) and and what's sad is that like that should be just the bar standard standard but um but yeah i just i love i love him my love knows no bounds so you already said your least favorite song yeah. was The Like a Virgin. The Like a Virgin. My and my favorite did, did, Oh, did I say my favorite? I did. The Tango. Oh god. Oh, I yeah. love I love that song. Well, and I loved like the it's storytelling. Great. Yes. And, I, and that song works so I mean, obviously it's about sex workers and sure. so it makes sense that it works, but the emotion in that song, in that guy, the Argentinian, is he yes. just the Argentinian? He might be. I don't know if he gets a name. I don't think he does. IMDb. The narcoleptic Argentinian. Yes, the narcoleptic Argentinian. <laughs> um, he is also a great singer and yes. like brings such a like guttural sort of voice to that song. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really interesting. And and, I, and then you have Ewan McGregor singing, and I love yes, his voice yes. in that song. And. Uh, that whole sequence of events, I really... So this whole story is basically about two dudes fighting over who gets to have sex with Satine, which I don't, you know, like, it kind of puts her value on her sex and all of that. And so while I was watching this, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. And then Ewan McGregor is like, I don't want you to have sex with him. And they devise this secret song, so it's going to be fine. They'll know that each other loves each other if they sing this song. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm okay with that. But then he freaks out, and he's going to be too jealous. But then he ultimately is like, okay, it's fine. Like, we can work through this. Like, something about his character just being... Deciding, like, this is what we have to do. She has to do this for us. But he didn't really decide right. that. Right. Uh, well, that she decides. Oh, That yeah. she decides and that he's like, okay, we can do this. Like, I ultimately ended up liking him more because he ended up annoying me less, I guess, maybe, because he is on board for this plan. Like, it wasn't her having sex with this other guy wasn't make or break it for him. Yeah. He was okay with, like, them having to make this sacrifice to have a life together and I liked that he was on board with it in the end I mean not on board but and then it culminating in that song like his pain and her fear like is all 
encapsulated in that song and I thought it's well done like that they're doing this dance at the same time that she's figuring out that she can't do this and that he's basically gonna rape her and that there's so much violence against the terrible lady who screws up everything uh but that there's violence in the dance towards her while there's violence happening towards Satine I just thought it was well done it was like the way it was juxtaposed was interesting because yeah. it's it was like a mirror image yes and i hadn't seen this movie in a while and i couldn't remember i was like oh fuck does satine get raped almost almost except and, for chocolat yeah which is like fuck and then i couldn't remember if the duke died <laughs> so I, was like, I was like shit did he just die this is like a whole was like a whole new movie <laughs> i mean it had, it had been a while since i had seen it and and I don't I don't know I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like Satine didn't feel like she had a choice about sleeping with the Duke and like the least oh you and Gregor could do is not be a shit about it. Well, and so, he tries to be a shit for a while, yeah, and then he comes around. So, which so I'm kind so I'm kind of like I don't know I don't know how I feel about that because I do feel like she this wasn't it would have been different if it was truly her choice and I feel like she sure. Yes. She didn't. I mean, she's already in to say no. She's already in a horrifically exploited position just by being this courtesan yeah. to begin with. She has very little room for choice, which is kind of what the whole movie is about. Well, and is, and, it, and it would be different she if she has no choice. Yeah, and it would be different if this was something that she did choose and she had control over her own body and she of had course. control over who right. her patrons were and what she was doing, right. but she did, but she doesn't. Right. So, and I yeah, and that it's, that it's really complicated, and I think especially yes. watching it in 2018, it's even more sure. complicated because it there are just so many layers to it, and it's like, we're not sex workers, so I can't really say, like, what the best outcome would be or, like, what would be preferable because that's just not something that I'm familiar with. I mean, I guess it would be preferable that to be able to keep choosing safe and to, to choose. be a sex right. worker to begin with which there's no way she not is. in 19 not in 1900 no paris my my only and she um, seems to have no family or friends right. or anything outside the moulin right Rouge. she like, doesn't she even has have no... friends in moulin rouge except for her like the older governess lady. whoever yeah. that lady is the, the madame jury <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the moulin rouge i guess who is caked in makeup for well, every everyone everyone That's is true. because That's it's true. Moulin Rouge. And... I mean, she was probably like the old Satine. Yeah, I mean, probably, and so maybe she's got some shit going on that she's like, oh, let's put some just, powder over yeah. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think my only, I think it's only uh, kind of, I don't want to say saved, but I can't think of a better word right now. Is that he's her having sex with the Duke isn't make or break for Christian. Like, he's sure. still in love with her, which I think in so many things, but again, sex I, I is feel, make or break yeah, but for I feel, dudes in movies. But I do feel like, given her situation, his situation, that is, like, the least he could do. Is not Oh, of course. Of course. But you're right. He could have been, and then this would be a different conversation. Right. And then his we'd little... be sad because we had to hate this movie. Yes! <laughs> and I don't want to hate you and McGregor. I love Nicole Kidman and her crazy, exaggerated eyebrows. Her eyebrows were insane oh, in yeah. this movie. She's I mean, I like expressing it. Expressing, I like a lot. it. But like, <laughs> if you look, and once I noticed it, I could never stop noticing it. Her eyebrows came almost to her hairline. Really? Yeah, I, and, and, I, it, and it was like an exaggerated look, but it wasn't like, like you know, they didn't like block out her brows right. and draw one and draw them over. It was just like her natural brows and they were just soups long. Like I've, huh. I've noticed that sometimes if I am not having a super great brow day, 
I'll like get to work, whatever, look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I just made my brows so long. <laughs> like, it, it happens. It's easy to do. It happens. Sure, sure. But I feel like it gets because, away from you. Well, and I feel like because the makeup was so on point this entire movie, that must have been intentional. Yeah. Like they were going for like a like hyper glamorous. Yes. Like showgirl. Her aesthetic. Her makeup and her hair. The only hair I don't love is when she just has like the finger waves on one side the of her face. curtain of yeah. finger waves. Yeah. It's a little weird. But apart from that, her makeup and hair in this movie yeah. is gorgeous. She looks gorgeous. And costumes. Throughout this movie. Yes. The, the movie itself, I would say most of the time is super visually appealing yes like it's a very i mean all movies are visual obviously but it's a very but this is very like visual an movie overdose of visuals yeah. it is in a good way it's like you've taken some absence yeah we want to send you on this trip mm-hmm. this with kylie minogue yeah we want to send you there and i think it's effectively done yeah i it it's a, a lot and it slows down like the beginning is bananas but that makes sense because i feel like it i don't know if this is true or not but i feel like it kind of mimics christian because he's uh, for better or worse the main character whatever and so i feel like it kind of mimics his experience first coming to paris and then as he settles into it the craziness right he's caught up in the madness and like sensation overload like everything settles down a little bit and you don't get as many like just giant close-ups right in someone's face. I mean, they're still there, but it's yes. not as chaotic as that. those first few scenes right. where you're just zooming all over the place and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So, Shakala has one line in the whole thing. Yeah. And it's only... Uh, Ewan McGregor asks him if he understands, and he says, "Yes, I understand." Uh, it's, it's not. This movie is not great diversity-wise. No, you no. have I, one black man, one Argentinian man. Uh, there might be some black dancers. I don't. Can, can oh, there dancers. is at least one. But so yes. it's it's not a diverse cast by any no. stretch of the imagination. It's all pretty white, which is shitty because it. You know, yeah, it's Paris in the 1900s, but you're already going this crazy surreal route. You could right. cast anybody. For sure. And yeah, it's 2001, and that definitely plays a part. Right. But it, it is it is a little... Yeah, it does suck because it's like, you could have just made this a more diverse cast. Right. Although, I don't... As much as I love Baz, I don't think his movies tend to be that diverse. Strictly uh, Ballroom was not. No, certainly not. Romeo plus Juliet was not. You had Mercutio. <laughs> just... And, and he uh, dies. John Lung was Spoilers. Again. Sure. Uh, Which, who I think also dies, if I'm remembering my Shakespeare card. Doesn't Tybalt die? Uh, I haven't I know, seen man. or read Romeo and Juliet in a while. Tybalt, Tybalt, Tybalt. Uh, Pretty sure he does, because that's what kicks I off the he... nastiness. It's not Mercutio dying that kicks it off? No, nah, maybe it is. I thought Tybalt died at some point. This is bad. That's the guy from... Uh, the guy who plays Mercutio. Thank you, Mercutio. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I said it right the first time, and it'll never happen again. Anyway, that's the guy. He's from Lost, and I think he's really great. Yes. I didn't realize that he was from Lost. Uh, Walt! (laughs) I never watched that show, so I I guess that's not that surprising that I wouldn't know, but he... Yeah, it's not surprising at all. (laughs) But, no, but I feel like I always, like, I learned all of the spoilers about it. Oh, like, I knew sure. who was on the show, yeah. but. Uh... Oh, yeah, Romeo kills Tybalt. Because I think Tybalt kills Mercutio. 
Oh, and sure. And then Romeo right. kills right, Tybalt, right, and right. that kicks off the unpleasantness. Sure. The Mont- unpleasantness. Between the Montagues and the Capulets. The slight unpleasantness. Um, alright. My notes sometimes make me laugh, like, what was I thinking when I wrote this? I mean, it's funny. Because I have a note that just says, that moon! And it's <laughs> underlined, and has some exclamation points. Um, and so... I think this is probably a good point to talk about what the Phantom would do. Oh, the Phantom would have a goddamn because field day here's in this the place. Thing. Here's the thing. This is one of the musicals that is actually crazier than Phantom of the Opera. I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, if the Phantom came in, he would just want to take over the show, I feel like. He well, would... Because kill Christian immediately. <laughs> I mean, I hate, I hate to say it, but I feel like the Phantom's MO every time is going to be to kidnap the ingenue. Right. But they're in Paris around the same time that the Phantom That's is true. in Paris at the Opera Populaire. This may be controversial, but I don't know if Satine is young enough for the Phantom. <laughs> I, mean, I think you might be right. Maybe he would let Christian live and like be his playwright. Like maybe mm. he would let him... I think he would kill the dude ghost right for him. out of spite. Yeah, or like maybe he would let Christian opera exist. ghost right for him. I don't know. I don't know because I, yeah, he can't have two. Ri- well, he can't okay. have a writer but here, hanging but out. But here's the thing: we know from Love Never Dies, a beautiful writer that the, <laughs> he is we know from Love Never Dies, the Phantom can put on an extravaganza. That is true. So maybe the Moulin Rouge is like a side project for him. So he has he Christine in like the Opera Populaire. Wild side. Yeah. Well, it's nineteen hundred. When is Christine around? Is she in the seventeen hundreds, like late seventeen hundreds, or I thought it was late eighteen hundreds. Uh, I think the auction at the end is supposed to be like turn of the century. So I think okay. they are like mid eighteen hundreds. Um, okay, so so, so, I, so I think most of, most of the time it takes place from, like, 1870 to, like, 1880 for the be- for the beginning. That makes sense, because I think that auction at the beginning is supposed to be, like, yeah. 1908 or so, something. So by this point, maybe he's been run out of the Opera Populaire. Sure, he's and, already in Coney. <laughs> well, so this is going to cause some problems. But maybe the Moulin Rouge, between the Opera Populaire and Coney... Maybe he did a stint at the Moulin Rouge and murdered the Duke for being an asshole. Zidler probably also murdered. Uh, the old lady there is his new Madame Jury. He might like... Z- I can see Zidler just kind of, like, like bowing down to the Phantom. Oh, okay. Because, like, Zidler's in it for number one. He yeah. recognizes the potential in the Phantom. And what if the Phantom made the Moulin Rouge as popular as it is? What right. if it was him, his... Because you know he puts on a good show. Right. right. And, actually, you know what? Because Santine dies and uh, Christian is just, like basically also going to die from tuberculosis. He doesn't even have to get rid of Christian. That's true. It's already done. So it's he could just he step just, in. Yeah, take it over. the Moulin Rouge is ripe for the picking when that all ends. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's a brothel. Like, they're bringing in good cash. So... That's how he... Maybe that's how he gets his seed money for his Coney <laughs> Island extravaganza. That's how he affords to do this weird Coney Island production is his brothel money. Yes. Oh, this makes so much sense. This fits way better than what the Phantom would do in Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> That's true. I mean, he's just going to tear that town to pieces. <laughs> Basically. Well, no, he would kidnap Esther. Sure, of course. Everyone would just, it would, it's not going to be good for anybody. But Moulin Rouge really makes a lot of sense, actually. 
Yeah, it works. It really, it fits in seamlessly. It does. Oh, this makes, we're, we're just fixing plot holes yeah. in the phantom world. It's true. Doing some world building. It's true. I love it. So, okay, now what would you like to see as a musical? You know, I didn't do, like, a good deep dive in thinking about this. So I'm going to come. You don't have to. I'm going to Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Uh... <laughs> Only because, like, it was already on my mind, but maybe Jurassic Park? <laughs> I would watch that. Now, I, mean, now, I love Jurassic Park. The I original. The original. Now, are you thinking stage production or movie? I'm thinking movie. I don't know how you work the dinosaurs into a musical. Maybe uh, it would be better as... You absolutely could. They're working Sven the Reindeer into Frozen. That's true. And they're, they're making true. a fucking Spongebob musical. You could do some, you That's could do some true. dinosaurs. Oh, just get creative. Like the Lion King, how they right. build the animals in the Lion yeah. King. Just, you know, bring in the cultural heritage of the dinosaurs. I kind of want to see it as a stage production. <laughs> I think it could work. I think it could work. Just I bring in that, the T-Rex that. that's at Universal that like comes down <laughs> out of the waterfall. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> All right. That's, Yeah. What do you think should be a musical? I want to see Romeo plus Juliet mm. as a legit musical. Yes. I... But with a huge caveat, I want to be able to travel back in time to use a young Leonardo and a Claire Danes. I mean, they're so great. That whole cast is, is really, really good. It's really good. And Paul Rudd as yes, fucking Paris. I Come love, on. I love him. Hasn't aged a goddamn day. No. He, he looks better now than he did when he was in Clueless. It's really, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I won't see The Wasp or whatever the fuck movie he's in next. Oh, but why not? It might be I'll fun. I'll wait for TV. I'll wait for TV. Oh. I don't need to pay money. To <laughs> Who cares? He's an aunt. <laughs> but it's Paul Rudd. He's adorable. Yeah, well. But, like, not adorable enough to pay, like, what is screen. it? What is it? It's like, like $13. 10, $13. Yeah. Unless you go to a matinee, then you might get it for 10 Fair enough. I I mean, I waited to see Thor Ragnarok not in theaters. And oh my. I loved it. It was really funny. It was and so funny. He spends a solid minute, minute and a half just like looking for his shirt. That's funny. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just so specific. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't find my shirt. I guess my abs will just have to be exposed hmm. while I wander around. Weird. <laughs> like, who knew Thor could be funny? They, it's... It's really funny i was yeah. shocked i really enjoyed it it was the by far the best thor movie i didn't i only saw the first one which was just kind of fine i've seen i've seen them all we know kenneth Branagh directed the first one i don't know about the other ones maybe he did but it's kenneth Branagh, and when you know that what? watching it it makes so much sense have you seen his version of hamlet of course i have <laughs> it's insane it's crazy with a baby mirrors for days yeah uh yeah i forgot that she's in that it is so long it's like yes. three hours and ten minutes uh, long say, or something. same with his version of much ado which has a phenomenal cast great cast but yeah, I know. it's i know and you know <laughs> not his best showing <laughs> but you know what he's so hot it doesn't he's really so, matter and the beard looks good the beard looks it good it does there is a scene where his like henchman is just oiling him up and that is a little weird i think maybe it's, there's it's, a little sexual tension happening right and, and, I, should, and I shouldn't i shouldn't say that it's weird it's, it's not weird it's just 
unexpected. It's unexpected. Also, what's unexpected is that they tried to make him do a British accent. That was a mistake. <laughs> but Denzel Washington didn't have to do right. one. Why didn't he get the Denzel yeah. Washington treatment on the accent department? Was he just that convincing? Like, no. Did you Kenneth, think- Kenneth, I can do or did a you, British accent. I was going to say, do you think that he, like, requested it? Like, I, you guys... I'm Johnny I mean, Utah. I can do. I got this. An accent. I'm an actor. He is, Did you see Bill and Ted? I am cultural. He is a phenomenal <laughs> actor. Have you seen Constantine? I mean, I have. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Keanu forever. <laughs> he can do. He can do no wrong. He's great. He's great. The other one, which I know I should save this for a later episode, and so maybe you can just cut this out, but I've been thinking about this for a while, and I just, I want to see, I want to see The Perfect Storm as a musical. Ooh. I want to see someone oh, with Mark. Oh, that would be real good. I want to see someone with Mark Wahlberg's big, dumb Boston accent sing about swordfish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. They could do, like, a whole, like, throwing the fish yes. kind of thing. Oh, that's really good. Well, they could have a big ensemble dance number, yeah. like, in Carousel. For sure. Like... Like, that, I feel like the rhythm of fishing, like, that yep. kind of fishing could really lend itself well to the rhythm of a musical. And there's a lot of drama. There's, like, the women back at home. There's the men on the boat. Talk about a- talk about some scenes. Talk about some difficult accents. Diane Lane's accent, I love her, but her accent in that movie is rough stuff. Yeah, there's some it difficult. It is not great. Well, especially because then you have Marky Mark, who is yeah. actually from Boston. Yeah. So he's fine. So he's, but... It still seems comical, though. I mean... It's early days. This is early days for actor Mark. Well, and he's also not a great actor. No, he's not. So it's almost like he... He also almost beat someone to death. I feel like people forget that. So he's, like, not a great dude. Right. I mean, people also forget that uh, Matthew Broderick hit... I, I did not forget that it was yeah. in the UK yeah. or Ireland. Okay, so maybe I don't remember it that well, but I remember that it happened. All that you have to remember is someone died. Uh, sorry, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> you just laughed at a dead woman. No, I'm oh. laughing at Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I made that really clear. <laughs> But yeah, so I so it is kind of like a double up. But I I want to see the fucking. Perfect I think that's actually a great a great option for a musical. Yeah. I think, unlike my Jurassic Park, I think that would actually be feasible and I, make sense. Okay, if you're talking about feasibility, you absolutely could do Jurassic Park as a musical just as easily as The Perfect Storm. That movie takes ninety percent of the film is on the fucking I ocean. Think you just got to do it kind of like. Uh, the in the Tonys, mm-hmm. the island one, once on this island, I think you just got to do one boat and then like bring in different people and they're all using the same boat. Maybe it would, it would <laughs> be a challenge. My vision. It would be a challenge. I think it would be great. I think that you could make it, it be funny really great. and dramatic. I mean, they did the Little Mermaid. They can do a perfect storm. <laughs> I like that's her takeaway. They did the Little Mermaid. Think about mermaids. Like ninety percent in seventy percent in water. (laughs) I forgot about that whole part where she's on land. (laughs) You mean like the end? The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Well, it's easy to do. So yeah, that's I. I don't know why I've been thinking about that a lot, but I have. I just that's what I want to see. 
I think that I think that's excellent. Make I think it, that make, they it ha- make, make it that. happen, everyone. Um, do you have any any notes that you didn't get to? I don't think so. I think I got to say everything I wanted to say about Moulin Rouge. The only thing I didn't say. Ozzy Osbourne was supposed to be the Green Fairy. Well, so it said on IMDb that they he, used his voice. When she voice. goes evil and screams, yeah. it's Ozzy. But he was supposed to be the whole oh, I didn't Green know Fairy. That. Yeah. Which Kylie Minogue was a much better choice. Yes. yes. Uh, oh, and that it's all based off of the opera Orpheus in the Underworld. Oh. So I was actually wondering about that. Because the story, it's not that I didn't think Baz could come up with an original story. It's I was definitely just, not original. Right. I was like, this seems just, like, really, like, well, specific. Well, it's also, um, uh, fuck. What's the opera we went to see? La Traviata? It's also La Traviata with okay, her parts dying. Of it. Yes, sure. it takes from parts that. Of it. The real story, Orpheus in the Underworld, he goes down. To get his wife, I think Euripides is his wife. Yeah, and, and he can't he look can't, back. Yeah. yeah, and he does, and so she dies or has to stay. Yeah, so how is this, how is Moulin Rouge associated with Orpheus? Because Ewan McGregor travels to the Bohemian underworld uh-huh. okay. and is going to rescue Satine from uh-huh. that underworld, but in the end, he is unsuccessful. Yeah, I actually thought about La Traviata when I was watching this, but there are some differences. Like, I think that the... Her boyfriend, lover man, goes back for some other reason. Like, her dying of consumption, like, being a beautiful, like, courtesan and then dying of consumption, like, that tracks. Yes. Um, and her make having to make her lover feel like she doesn't love him anymore right. is there. Right. But the reasons for that were Well, diff- yeah, it's a, a combination different. of, and one more, and I forget what the last one was. It wasn't something I had seen. That's interesting. That I, makes sense. I want to say, like, Camilla or something like uh-huh. that. But that could be wrong. But, yeah, definitely Orpheus in the Underworld is the main inspiration. Oh, and that's then very interesting. La Triviata is... Is thrown in there. Yeah, just for some good measure. Um, yeah, and we definitely have to see the stage version when someday it comes to our... Small, small town. Our small hamlet. Our small hamlet. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would love to see that because that is, you could just do so much with it. Like, it's, I feel like it's just meant to be a Broadway show. Yeah. It's all bright colors and amazing It's all there. The only thing that I would think would prevent them from doing it. Is the songs? Is the songs. But even then, you don't have to pay for the rights if it's um, live. So they may not have to. Like, that's why bands could do can covers? do covers it's oh. only if you distribute it further so but, like but if then, nbc were to show well, the live showing but what if they what about like a cast recording like how you can buy like a cast recording at a broadway show that may be more expensive but then couldn't they if they take the songs from the movie do they have to like get like they have to basically get real i think they probably really? do they can't just say, oh, I it's from, it's from Moulin Rouge, the movie. They can't get the licensing from the I movie. I don't think you can, like, cite the most recent yeah. author that's cited. <laughs> <laughs> I think but you no, but, no, but, but if it's a specific arrangement and a, that's and true. a medley, it it's, is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's different. It's it different from, yeah, from the I don't original. know. I know a pittance about licensing <laughs> laws. I feel like this is going to come up kind of a lot. <laughs> it might. I mean... There are, yeah, as soon as we talk about Mamma Mia, it's going to come up all over again. So. Which, how, I, I'm intrigued. How are they doing a Mamma Mia 2? Is it the same ABBA songs? 
I think a lot of it's going to be because they are going back in time for, I think, a large portion of this movie. That is a bold move. Yeah. To be like, here, watch this again with the same Avatar right. songs. Right. Watch Rose McCowan. Or not Rose no, McCowan. Rose wrong. from Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> there was some owls and some roses, and I oh, what put them together. Cute. What's what her real her name? Last name? Uh, Lily James. Lily James. Lily James. I like and I like her. I like her. Um, but I hope that this movie is not too much about her because I don't want actually want to see her very much. Sure. I want to see Meryl Streep, and I don't think Meryl Streep's in it. Yeah, she is. Meryl Streep is definitely in it. Cher is in it. I know Cher is in it. Yeah, Meryl Streep is in it. I'm looking it up right now. She's gotta be. I don't think she has to be. I don't think Meryl. They show her in the trailer. Well, maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I I mean, so top build is Lily James, Amanda Seyfried. Okay, yeah, she's in it. (laughs) I because I didn't see like I didn't see anything about her being in it. But it scares me that Lily James is top build because that means well, according to IMDb. So, who knows, really. Andy Garcia is in it. As for Nando, okay. Interesting. Okay. I'm not mad. I mean, I'm not mad at him. He looked good in that. book club. He did. He looked very good he in book club. very good. Like, oh, okay. Okay. He looked good. And I do, I, I like Cher. Cher is. Cher she, is I mean, she's great. She's, she's great. We got to do burlesque. Ooh, that is technically a musical. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's is it a good musical? No. No. I mean is it's it, bad all the way around. Is it fantastic? To Will watch? I watch it when it's on? Yes. A hundred percent. I like um oh God, what's his name? It's I think it's Cam like Gijiday, Gigenday, Gigenday. I can't say his I last name. I cannot help you. I have no idea who you're talking about. He's He was in Twilight, and he wears a lot is of he, eyeliner. He's the love interest. Yes, okay. he's the male love interest. He looks a lot like the guy that's in Timeless right now, Matt okay. Lanter. I can say his name. Okay. I think that's his name. Lanter he does wear a lot of eyeliner. And a top hat. And a vest with no shirt. This, These are the things I remember from Burlesque. I mean, yeah, he's, oh man, it's so good. I love it. I love it. We'll, well, we'll get into it mm. when we talk about burlesque. All right. Well, I think we're, I, I think that's all. At some point we can start saying, uh, where to find all of our social media stuff. Mostlymusicals.com? Possibly. <laughs> we can, we can figure it out. When record Sarah's it. back, our producer, yeah. we'll tell you where you can go to find us. Well, we can also like just edit it back in and. Or not. Or not. Or not. That's also fine. Or tune in next time to find out where you can find us. (laughs) It's one of history's mysteries. Indeed. And scene. Ooh, I like that. That's a good way to end it. That's very good. All right. You were so good. You only barked once. And squeaked your toy once. (laughs) It's like he knows when you're trying to accomplish something. He's like, let me just squeak this as loud as I can. All right. Hi, everybody. One last thing before you go. First of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, if you want to reach us on any of our social media platforms, we are on Twitter at mostly underscore musicals. We are on Facebook and Instagram at mostly musicals podcasts. 
and uh, please follow us and rate us on iTunes. We also have a website, so check it out. It is mostlymusicalspodcast.com. Normal spelling on everything. Okay, thanks. Bye. It sounds like I was leaving it. Answering machine message. Answering machine. Answering machine message. Bye for real. Bye.